prospect of launching a new startup can be daunting. CEOs and founders of startup businesses face many challenges, finding investors, raising startup capital, building a management team, developing competitive products, adopting an effective marketing program, finding early customers, and much, much more. Join Amber Wu, Alumni Network Leader for China, along with our panel of UW alumni experts for a discussion about what it takes to create a successful enterprise. You'll gain insight from each panelist's unique entrepreneurial pathway, hear from the successes and failures, and get top tips to help any budding entrepreneur. Hi, and welcome. And hi from Perth and Western Australia, and obviously from UWA and our beautiful campus. Thank you very much for joining. Um, my name is Fiona Allen, and I'm the university's chief advancement officer. So I have the luxury of um, having an amazing job where I interact with our alumni, our generous philanthropists and corporate sponsors and the community. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to this webinar brought to you by the UWA Alumni Network in China. Before we start, it is the tradition of the University of Western Australia to acknowledge the custodians and traditional owners of the land on which our campuses are located. Here in our main campus of Crawley, the university acknowledges the Wajak Noongar people as the traditional owners of the land on which it's situated. The Wajak Noongar people remain the spiritual and cultural custodians of their land and we and continue to practice their values, language, beliefs and knowledge. So really excited that tonight the webinar is around um, innovation and entrepreneurship. These are two topics that are becoming synonymous with UWA, particularly for our students. IQX, Venture and Bloom, just to name a few, are connecting students, researchers, alumni, industry with your university. This webinar is a great example of us helping to connect our alumni with your university, and I hope that you will find it valuable. As COVID restrictions and borders are now open, we hope to visit China in 2023, and so looking forward to connecting with our alumni in person. And don't forget, wherever you are in the world, Please update us so we can update you with all the latest UWA news, research, stories, and events. For now, we hope you enjoy this online experience with this amazing panel of alumni. I'm now going to turn things over to Amber Wu, UWA Alumni Network Leader China, who will guide this evening's conversations. Over to you, Amber. Hi, uh, thank you, Fiona. Okay, all good. So um, before I start the whole panel, I would like to um, transfer to Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Amber. Thanks so much for having hi, me. Hi, how's it going? Um, I'm just um, here to hijack the beginning of the panel, uh, basically. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to wherever you are in the world. Um, thank you so much for having me this evening. Uh, my name's Chloe. I have been around the UWA ecosystem for about 10 years, recent MBA graduate from, um, from UW as well. Prior to that, I was in the corporate sector um, working in what we would now call startups, but 20 years ago, it was uh, just a normal company. Um, I want, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the UWA innovation ecosystem, and I'm sure most of you out there will be really excited to learn that it is growing um, and Venture is a new initiative by the UWA Student Guild established in 2020 um, that exists to better prepare students for the ever-changing workforce. Um, that includes giving students the opportunity to work with industry to solve challenges that they might have um, and by supporting the development of student-led businesses. Um, this support for student-led businesses um, has led to the creation of UWA's first ever incubator for social and environmental impact, um, which we're hugely proud of. Um, it pilots this semester, and there are two students um, who I'd love to introduce you to, uh, Mandeep and Radella. They're two founders um, who are joining the pilot program, um, and they're just here to tell you a little bit about the program that they're, they're going to be, the business they're going to be starting. Hi guys. Hi, Hi there, thank you Chloe for having us around. So to start with, I'm Mandeep and this is Radella and we both are international students studying masters in human resources and employment relations at UWA. Being international student, we've experienced firsthand the entire transition journey. Anxiety, confusion and uncertainty were a few of the challenges we had to face in this journey. 
Um, and reflecting back on our experience, we felt a strong need to develop a service that could help all international students overcome these challenges. And this is exactly what paved path for your body, which is our project. Uh, I'll hand it over to Rodella to um, sort of talk a bit more about this project. Thank you, Mandy. So basically, your body is one-stop service application that provides inter essential information for all international students in Western Australia pertaining to studying, settling in, and gaining information on working rights regulations in both Australia and Western Australia, including the concept of wage staff, as well as exposing a wide range of activities and places to explore. So the application aims to provide extensive support, create awareness and gain trust by incorporating several features such as comprehensive, easy to understand information, multilingual options and support on queries or issues lodged by international students. So if you are interested in knowing more about your body, you could always reach out to the Fanger team. Thank you. Over to you, Chloe. Thanks so much, Mandeep and Rodella. Um, yeah, just like Rodella said, we work really closely with our alumni. Um, so if anyone is interested in learning a little bit more about venture, getting involved with venture, supporting any of our entrepreneurship teams, any of our founders, or learning a little bit more about your body, um, please feel free to get in touch through uh, Alumni Relations. Um, you can contact us on LinkedIn. You'll find us under Venture, the Student Innovation Center. Um, or but you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find me, Chloe Ball, at, um, if you Google, if you, if you go through the UWA channels. Um, I'm just going to hand you back over to Amber now, um, who's going to start the panel. Um, and thanks again so much for having us. Over to you, Amber. Thank you, Chloe. So hi, everyone. My name is Amber. So I have graduated from UWA in 2014 with Bachelor in Accounting and Marketing. So uh, it is also a great honor uh, for me to be here to be the moderator for the panel. And uh, today, we are lucky to have four panelists here. So they are founders or co-founders of very experienced person in the area. So uh, first, I would like all the panelists to introduce themselves. So for examples, like uh, what their current roles and uh, of course, their favorite UW memories. So uh, can I start with you, Martin? Yeah, hi, Amber. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Martin Shen. I graduated from med school at UWA in 1998, so <laughs> over 24 years ago. Uh, I'm the founder of Simran Trusted Doctors, which is China's largest private practice platform for the um, physicians, both with an online and offline space. So we kind of have like a we work for doctors model, um, trying to promote private practice to 2 million doctors across China who have never been in private practice. So uh, we raised over 37 million US dollars. Uh, we've done several mergers uh, post our founding, uh, and we've raised in total over 800 million US dollars, and we're a unicorn in the healthcare space in China. Uh, very quickly, I grew up in Perth. Um, after uni, I worked at Fremantle Hospital, uh, joined the Royal Australian Navy. I served in East Timor, Solomon Islands, and uh, counterterrorism during the Sydney Olympics in 2000. And I came back to China in 2001, where I learned Chinese uh, from scratch, uh, for those of you who are Chinese in the audience, you know, it's pretty hard. And uh, I was deputy GM of the first joint venture hospital in China, healthcare IT at uh, CSC, Siemens, and then I launched my own startup. So um, I think what's my favorite UWA memory? Uh, of course, non-academic. <laughs> I think the best memory is the, uh, the tavern and uh, time at student council. So uh, encourage everyone to enjoy their time at UWA. Thanks, Amber. Okay, thank you, Marty. And uh, Jesse? Hello. Yes, okay, yeah. Hello everyone. Yeah, I'd like to introduce myself. Um, so I'm probably the most recent graduate here. Um, I graduated in 2018. Uh, I obtained my PhD degree in chemical engineering. Um, then I came to China and started a company with uh, some business partners. Um, so we're now working on the next generation solar cell technologies. Uh, now the company worth about uh, 3 billion Chinese yuan. Uh, so uh, divided by five or 4.5, that's all trillion dollars. Uh, and uh, yeah, so companies are growing and uh, it's actually quite rewarding uh, journey since I uh, came to China. Um, so now I'm the co-founder and the uh, vice president of the company. Um, a bit of, about myself, um, and before I uh, went to UWA to do my PhD, I worked five years in Canberra as a chemical engineer. 
And there I started my solar um, skills or business. And then before that, I was, um, I started in ANU um, to, to get my master degree. And so, um, so I stayed in Australia for 13 years. Um, not like uh, Martin, I actually born in um, China and then I went to um, Australia in 2006. Uh, my favorite um, UW memory, I think it would be the Swan River that I used to take a, take a walk every day in the afternoon uh, just to clear my mind from you know, the intense uh, research work, <laughs> which are not, the research work definitely not the favorite part, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the dolphins there is actually really, really joyful moment there. Yeah, so yeah. So again, I'm glad to be here and to meet all you guys. Okay, back to you, Amber. Okay, thank you so much, Jersey. Maggie? Hi everyone, it's great to be here. Uh, my name is Maggie Zhang. I grew up in China. I studied and worked in England, Scotland and Switzerland before I came to Australia in 2006 to pursue my PhD degree. And after working in another university in Australia for 10 years, I joined UWA in 2018. I'm currently holding a joint position between UWA Business School and UW's Confucius Institute, uh, which is a partnership with Zhejiang University in China. As an academic, I work closely with industry partners in teaching research. My key areas include strategic communication, cross-cultural communication, brand storytelling. I formed a consultancy with the university in 2015, providing communication support to entrepreneurs, which I had the great opportunity to take startups in Australia to meet more than 50 venture capitalists in China, some of them doing really well um, after you know um, these years. And my favorite UW memory, I've been thinking about it, and I think it's attending graduate ceremonies, which is a moment I, you know, you can feel the empowerment of education. You see people from you know all different parts of the world um, coming to one place to be equipped with knowledge and skills and bring impact to society. So that's a you know wonderful moment. I think you know um, um, my great memory. Thank you, Amber. Okay, thank you, Maggie. And uh, we now have Kevin. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Maggie. I was at Perth for 11 years until the COVID-19. Um, 2013, I graduated at UWA Commerce School. I started my first business quite earlier, during my second year in the unit. And, uh, and we've lost $700,000 US dollar as a result. Now I'm the director of Three Oceans Group. Three Oceans Group business covered lots, winery, real estate, construction, materials, and tourism. Currently, our main business is a supplier of credit card points exchange for Chinese company and a private banking service. Um, I'm also the director of a Shanghai Charity Foundation branch. The main purpose is to help children with heart disease. My UWA memories, um, I got lots of beautiful memories at UWA. Uh, for me, there's a road at the gate of UWA with a river and a mountain, mountain bay road. And um, yeah, during the autumn, you know, the mountainside is full of the golden leaves. The sun shines through the branches and become sparks of light. Um, and, during, and especially during the final exam, I revised with classmates until late in the night. Um, on my way back home, the river calmly reflects the moon and the freeway lights. Those are my best memories in UWA. Thanks, Emma. Thank you, Kevin. So we have all the panelists to, uh, already get introduced themselves. And before I start the panel, I would like to ask you all a questions because um, this panel is all about like uh, how to start your own business. So um, where are you in your startup business now? Um, I, I, I already started it or it's, it's, uh, you, you already planning it or something else. So uh, could you please let us know like what stage you are in now? And uh, um, the first question I would like to ask Martin. So 
what inspired you to start your own business? So can you please share the moment that you feel like you are ready to take the challenge? Okay. Uh, so what inspired me to do a startup and, and what was the moment? Yes. Um, well, well, I think um, making a difference. I think there were really two things that uh, kicked me into startup mode. One is I could see the future and two, uh, my dad got sick. So one is I could see myself in another 15 years with a Volvo and uh, one and a half kids and my mortgage paid off and pretty much in retirement. Uh, so I started a little bit later, probably mid-career uh, in a startup. And, and that's something that I, you know, I wanted to say, well, if I was going to do a startup, this is my last chance. I want to make a difference in the world. And so that coupled with, secondly, my dad being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer as a doctor, uh, someone who runs hospitals, um, you know, I felt really helpless. And uh, I think if you think about the other billion, six billion people who, who encounter this daily, is there a better way we can help patients? And so that was a really the, the driver that made me think about it. It's not, I don't think anyone who does a startup will tell you it's because they want to make money because you, <laughs> you don't make much money. Um, and, and I guess timing was really, I was 15 years into my career. And I think, um, you know, coming out of the hospital, military service, management, healthcare, IT, senior management, um, there is no good timing for any startup. You just, I mean, there's a word they use, is it's, it's a German word. You know, you just go for a, you jump out of a plane and hopefully you can build some wings before you crash into the ground. And so I think there's no single path to success. I think uh, you really just need to take the moment and, um, and, and jump. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I also believe every entrepreneur is really unique in their journey. But one thing they all have in common is to is the ability to absorb the risk. So could you please share a short story, like on the moment you realize that the reward outweighs the risk? Okay, so risk and reward. Um, yes. I, I, I can't. Uh, the risk and the stress always seems to be there. And I think it just gets bigger. <laughs> so... Um, I know there's people in the audience who are perhaps starting a startup. We heard earlier from our incubator our project UWO, which I think is fantastic. Um, you know, there's this thing where every time we go to the next round or we raise funding, I remember when I raised my first million, there's the next four million we raised from Lightspeed, Sequoia, Fountain Vest. Um, we've got a number of major investors behind us now. Um, we always thought it was going to be easier. You get the money, you think money is going to solve all your problems. And let me tell you, money never solves any problems and it just gets harder and harder. Um, so, you know, I think um, the risks that we encounter now just get bigger. Uh, so the market risks, is it going to go down? The market's not ready. Competitors, everybody copies everybody. The government, um, Didi just got fined 6 billion renminbi. Uh, we've been fined, but obviously I won't share those things on this call. And so, you know, one thing I can share is a book that I read once, uh, Hard Things About Hard Things by Andreessen Horowitz. And he's, he calls it the... Uh, W-F-I-O, Wufio uh, moment, which is basically uh, we're effed and it's over. So um, I think all I've seen in my career is we're, we're effed and it's over moments. Um, but I think in, in another book I read, the one thing that is common amongst all startups that have got to a later stage are that everyone persistence uh, in Chinese, gentry. Um, no really successful CEO said I was the smartest person and I had the best strategy. They're all mediocre people. In fact, the guys who are really successful just, just persisted. And that's why they're successful, whether it be Ma Yun, Ma Huatan, or in fact, anyone. And so uh, to get back to your question, I don't think we've realized that the reward outweighs the risk. The risk is still bigger than the reward. I don't think people want to hear that, but that's the way it is. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is very inspiring, Martin. Thank you so much about it. And uh, the next one I would like to ask Jesse. So uh, we all know like a great team, it is it's really important in a startup. So what did you look for in, a build, in building a team around you? And how did you go about it? So uh, what do you do to empower your team to solve problems they might to come across? Okay, thanks, Amber. Um, so building a team that uh, I think uh, uh, what's, what's important first is you actually find some partners which can really help you because uh, um, in nowadays uh, you, you can't really do everything. And if you want a business to grow faster and uh, you know, quicker, then, then you need you know, more 
many talented people. Uh, so first, knowing what you're good at, what you can do. Uh, maybe you're good at science, you're good at marketing, you're good at finance. Uh, you, you always need some helpers. Uh, so, so find the right person with the right skills and also they share the same dream, uh, which would be the very first step. Actually, I think it's very, very important. Um, like uh, um, uh, Martin mentioned Ma Yun, right? So they had like a 12 or, or 18, like a uh, Lei Jun, right? They all have a, you know, a team actually working uh, together at the very beginning to share the same dreams. So they, they, um, um, they persist and then, you know, they become successful. So that's the number one rule. I think you need a team. Uh, no matter it's two people, three people, but you can't carry everything. You can't, can't be good at everything. Um, second, then you need to start team with a very experienced team. I think, uh, at least in, in my uh, field, that uh, you want the business to grow faster. You can't start from everything from scratch. Uh, you, you you hire too many fresh graduates, and then you you have to you don't have the time to wait for them to grow up, and then you don't have time to really teach them. So so you probably wanted to uh, get more uh, as as many experienced uh, you know engineers or scientists. To, uh, first, and then, and then as you grow, then you start to, you know, uh, re, re, rebuild your team. Um, so that's what I normally, well, what, what, what we did, and I, I, I think that's the right way to do things. Um, and also, you mentioned how to empower team to tackle problems, right? Um, um, so we are um, R&D based uh, startup. So at the very beginning, I have to really do the hands-on things um, that really, um, I mean, teaching uh, my, my team actually doing things together. So actually in labs and in, in fabs uh, to do everything together um, to, to, for them to, to really learn how to do things themselves and then uh, also uh, it's a journey for me too as well. And then now it's more like, a, you know, allocating the right resource uh, or assigning the right person to the right job. Uh, so I think that's more important for me at the moment. Uh, if you, you, you make the right things, um, uh, I mean, you give the right amount of resource and assign to the right person, things just happen naturally. Um, yeah, so, so that's my answer. Okay, thank you, Amber. Okay, thank you, Martin. So, uh, thank you, Jesse. So uh, the next one I would like to ask Maggie. So it is a really interesting question. So uh, success is a really precious reward. So what does success in China looks like? And what are the most significant factors that create that success? Thanks, Amber. Now, the word success itself actually means the accomplishment of a specific purpose or aim. So I think in business, it's actually easy to define. So if one person's purpose of starting up business was for implementing idea, or you know, trying to solve a problem in society, or more ambitious, trying to having a final return, um, depending on what your specific purpose was, if that aim was achieved, then it's a precious reward, that's success. Now, I think success in life is a bit harder to define. Um, if we look at individual success in life, in my, perspective, I think the key word is balance. I think no matter where you live, doesn't matter where you live in the world, China or Australia, the key um, word about individual success in life is balance. It probably looks like a more balanced living considering all aspects of our life, work, health, relationship, emotional well-being, all sorts of things. So I think it's very important for us to know what our priorities are or what our priorities are in, in our life. Um, and because balance doesn't really, you know, entail cramming everything possible in your life. So first to work out what are the priority our types of things on our own list, and that will help us to, you know, identify the certain factors, create success. That's my view. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Maggie. And uh, the next one is also about success. So the word success can carry a thousand different meanings depending on your stage of life. So will you leave and the, and the company you keep. How do you define success? Uh, I will give this one to Kevin. Thanks, Amber. I quite like the definition from Maggie. The success is kind of balanced. Um, for myself, I quite like the one 
one sentence from Roman Roland. He once said, there's only one heroism in the world, to see the world as it is and to love it. During the course of our lives, we will definitely say something wrong, hurt some people, lose something that's very important. Yeah, for me, it is very true. But you can still remain optimistic and brave. That is success. Yeah, that is what I thought. Thanks, Amber. Okay, thank you, Kevin. So, um, and also, like, we all know the word resilience. So um, resilience is one of the attributes that is necessary for any startup. So often we hear about the success stories of the startup after they actually being successful, but rarely what lead up to it. So uh, can anyone share a story of a sacrifice you had to make? Um, Marty, can you share a story? <laughs> I can share many stories. Um, so <laughs> choose them off your favorite. I, I think resilience. I think you, you give up everything. And the second thing I think is you have to have the right reason for doing a startup to be able to keep going. So by giving up everything, I mean um, everything. <laughs> so again, every company is different. Our cultures are different. Our people, the founders are different. And the culture of the company is the culture of the founder. I think my culture comes from my background. I think growing up. In, in Perth, UWA, some of the values that are stored in me, also my time in the military. And I think there's a couple of examples there. Um, mm -hmm. One, you always lead by example. Second, I took a $0 salary. And three, I had no holidays or life, really. So first one, I mean, leading by example, um, you do, if you want your team to do anything, you do it first. Now that's just my own philosophy. Now I know a lot of other startup guys who, Help other people do things and never do it themselves. So two different, I don't know which one's more successful, but my own belief is if you ask someone to do it, you do it first. And I guess a memory I have was when we used to restock our ships and the captain of the ship would always stand on the back of the ship and carry the boxes with all the men. And I think that inspires people to do it. You know, when we didn't have money, I was taking a train uh, from Shanghai to Beijing overnight. So I didn't have to pay for an air ticket or a hotel. And by doing that, people would follow. So if you want people to cut down on travel expenses, you lead by example. Um, I even shared a twin room with a female uh, employee. I guess that's not allowed in Australia, <laughs> HR rules. But uh, you know, these are things you do in staff. You, you, you always lead by example. If you want someone else to work overtime, you work overtime. That's my view. Second is salary. It's a lot easier to instill a culture where people aren't asking for huge pay rises if they all know you're not getting a salary. <laughs> so again, sharing, again, leading by example, when I was taking zero, everyone knew what my salary was. And we actually took a salary cut when things went bad. We couldn't raise funding in, nine, in 2017. Um, I cut all my management salaries by 10%. Uh, at that time, I was paying myself a really small salary. Uh, we cut our salaries by 20%. We cut our own by 20 cents. That's really saying salary and no holidays in life. Again, being out there at the front. And I, I guess what I said at the start was assistance also is related to the reason for doing the startups. And I think there are three things. It's really what is the business and the users. Second is the team and three is financial. So most people at the start, I think people, you know, look, I, 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 the older I get, the more humble I get. I mean, there is no right or wrong reason for doing a startup. I think at different ages, you have a different view. I think some people want to do it for the money. They want to be a billionaire. That's fine. But for me, I think the first thing is users. If I can help one person, if I can make a difference. Second is I want the team to be rich. I want to bring a team. Um, we had you know, up to 3,000 people at one stage. I want to help change the lives of our team. We put the effort in and we come out successful together. Uh, and third, the financial gain. Now, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, I find that there's a lot of other people in the startup world in China and people that I've subsequently worked with and merged with, et cetera, who I don't agree with the culture. Um, and I don't believe have the resilience to, be, to, to push through to the end. So again, I think everybody needs to find their own formula. Um, so I think, you know, plugging for UWA, it is a UWA core. One of the key values of UWA is research. Um, everything we do is actually a very solid foundation and 
I think that's actually negatively affected me as well. So we do things so well and we have such a good foundation. Um, sometimes other people have no foundation and they build a big house and they get all the media attention and they get all the investors attention. So what we need to take is our base from UWA that will help us build the best skyscraper. But then we need to bring the marketing and some of the packaging that I guess Americans are very good at or other competitors are very good at and build on top. Um, so, you know, that's something to look at. And same with our UWA, we're in the top 100 universities, you know, and we should package ourselves even better. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you, Marty. And uh, um, so uh, if you have any questions, you can all like uh, to um, submit it through the Q&A button. So uh, uh, I think, what, what is it? I think Jesse and Ke Kevin lost, uh, lost money himself as well. I mean, that's the, <laughs> maybe get everyone to, to, to answer resilience. I mean, what people don't realize is a startup is failure, 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 and maybe partial success. <laughs> Kevin? Hey, Martin. Uh, yeah, before my current business, I made like many attempts and yeah, all failure. I was an early explorer in the cheap airline delivery between China and Australia. You know, post office is always expensive and uh, yeah, lots of um, tax on it. And back then, it was 2015, uh, no, 2012. There, isn't, there wasn't a clear legend term for deliver, delivery international e-commerce e e goods. And uh, I remember during one year, I lost around $700,000 of goods in the custom. In the end, I compensated the customer one by one. It drove my accountant crazy. And I also tried operating a group of the vehicles under Uber when Uber just newly into WA. How I, however, it also failed due to my team failing to keep up. So team is very important, yes. I especially, I especially uh, regret that things shouldn't be happened because just I choose the wrong leader and that business lost my about 200,000. So yeah, the success is not easy, man. Emma? Yeah, it is true. It seems like if you want to achieve success, failure is the step you must to cross down. And also like a team, it is very important like for you to achieve success. And uh, the same question, I also wanted to ask Jesse. Well, thank you, Amber. Uh, yeah, um, so, so Kevin, you, you're really rich. I don't really have that much money can actually can, can, can lose. Uh, but anyway, so uh, my, my feeling is uh, kind of similar with Martin that uh, lots of things Martin said, I actually can, can feel him. Um, probably not that much, but uh, yeah, I do feel. Um, um, you, 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 have, you do have to make a sacrifice or, or compromise that uh, um, like within the company, um, I'm actually a co-founder, so uh, we do really have uh, disagreements that uh, since the way should be done or should be uh, the, the company should the way where it should be going that you really need really need a, um, how to say um, withhold with withhold withhold your your opinion that you actually for the greater good. Um, so um, yeah, but but. It, I don't think everything is a sacrifice. I think it's actually something necessary. Uh, you, you do have to make things, uh, um, you, you really have to make those uh, compromise or, or uh, sacrifice to make things really happen. Uh, you really need, uh, um, you, you can't really balance that very well. Because um, uh, um, a few things I probably wouldn't do as an Australian as well, um, but, but in China, you, you just, that's the, that's a, just a game rule that you have to play by the rule. Um, and personally, I do make sacrifice. I, I haven't started family <laughs> and I do have to work 12 hours a day. Um, so, but, but I, do, I do take salary. That's better than Martin. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I think in, if you, you can call it a sacrifice, but if you think uh, um, that something really need to be done, then, then you just think that's um, necessary. You don't really complain. Um, this is very easy to, to become, uh, you know, complaints that uh, this is not right, this, that's not right. Um, I know those things are not right, but uh, that, that's the way it should, should have to be, you know, followed. Then, then you don't have other choice. If you want it to be successful uh, in, in what you want to do, then, then you just have to swallow, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all I want to share. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Maggie, a story of sacrifice. <laughs> Thank you, Amber. Um, look, I know I actually quite agree with what Jesse says, you know, um, and the word I'll use here probably is, is endurance, endurance of the stress, endurance of the, you know, pressure, endurance and extra feedbacks. Um, my experience and also working with my clients all these years or, you know, different journey and people with different backgrounds. And I think the key thing, people dealing with resilience or, you know, one of the things to start at the, you know, to make right in the beginning is you do, you've got to have a realistic expectation of your outcome. Even though everything looks very well, you know, going smoothly, you've got to have a very realistic expectation. Things can go wrong anytime. And you do mentally prepare, what if I fail? So you're going to have a mental plan. That's important. Not just financial plan. It's a mental plan. You know, you might, you know, collapse um, mentally. So I think emotionally, what do you have, you know, mental contingency plan? If I fail tomorrow, what can I do? Can I handle it? If you think you can't handle, you're going to go back to, you know, redesign your idea. Probably, you know, um, Maybe think again. It is a very challenging journey to start a business. It takes a long time to be successful, even though depending on whatever your aim or you know purpose was when you're starting a business. So you know, um, it is great to see people has is very successful nowadays. But going back to the journey, I think they have been you know endured you know lots of negative things in their life. And, uh, you know, and as I said, um, balance is the key to life. And I believe people, you know, and I think people should have a balance between different elements in life. So if you put 24 hours, you put all 20 hours into work, then you have other roles to play in your life too, you know? So perhaps, you know, that's not sustainable. So when you're starting a business, you've got to think about what are you seeing as important in your life? Can you, in, can you, you know, tolerate all this? And linking back to one of the questions we talked about as risk, when, you know, Marty had a great view about, you know, risk, and I totally agree, it doesn't matter how you plan, mitigate, minimize, risk will always be there. So the key thing is, can you deal with situation, scenario, if things all go wrong? So, you know, we're all planning for, you know, how do we be successful? And I think the important thing to think about sometimes, how do we prepare for failure? Have a failure preparation plan. If you can tolerate that, go. If you can't tolerate, think again. So that's my sort of inputs, you know, into how do you build up resilience? How do we do you, you know, prepare for resilience? Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. And uh, we have the last questions because like, we are here today because of the connections to UWA. So what advice would you give a student who's looking to start a business? And I also see these questions in Q&A question, Q&A section. So once one student who asked the question. So uh, since Maggie was still here, like uh, can, can, can I have you to answer this one first? Sure, thank you. And now I think you know, one of the first tips I would give is that follow your genuine passion, follow your genuine passion and always try to help people. Because when you're trying to help people, people help you back. So if you design your startup, you know, um, maybe I'll share an example here. One of the clients I worked with years ago, he had a very specific idea because he wants to help people with help disabled kids who can't travel. So he wants to design a VR for these kids to put on. They can travel, you know, virtually to other parts of the world, which is very, you know, a very nice idea. So it's specific. It's something he has been passionate about. And it was very hard to get, you know, um, sitting fund at the beginning. But I personally tried very hard for him too, because I was touched by the idea. You know, it's a very genuine passion and genuine thought about helping people, helping that particular dysfunctional cohort in society. So I think if you, you are, you know, have a genuine passion in that area, um, look, we all think about identifying the gaps in the market, which is very important. But, you know, market trends change, you know, and sometimes it's very hard to make a U-turn. So I would say, you know, with similar advice I give to my PhD students, follow with a genuine passion. If you choose a topic, 
follow genuine passion. Yes, understanding the market gaps, be aware of what's popular, what's, what are the you know, trending things happening and be aware of government policies as well. So that's very important, but ultimately it's your genuine passion, you know, trying to bring a positive benefit or positive impact to society, trying to help people and start with specific things. Doesn't matter how small is your idea, be specific. And I think that will, you know, take you to the right channel to get you um, to grow to a large scale in the future. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Maggie. And uh, Martin, uh, Any, anyone? What advice would I give you? Um, <laughs> network, network, network. Uh, if you want to change the world, get out, be a part of it. Network, network, network. Uh, so let me explain that a few things. So one, don't be secret. Two, you need to meet people to build the team and to get mm-hmm. investors. Uh, and three, you need to see your users. So the, the first one is don't do anything secret. When I started doing my startup, we kept very quiet because I thought people were going to copy me. The reality is everybody copies you. So if you stay secret, the problem is that everybody else thinks that somebody else created the idea. So later on, about five years into our startup, we made noise about everything we did. And in the market, everyone knew we created the model. So don't think there are any secrets, especially in the China market. Maybe in Australia, people are more respectful of your idea. It's your idea, so you can do it, but not here. If you do it, 100 other people will do it. So um, assume you'll be copied and go faster and louder than everyone else. Second is you've got to get out there. You know, I, did, I did, don't really like public speaking that much, uh, even though I kind of did a bit of that at uni and all the rest. But I got off my, of my butt one year. Our PR department made me go to 50 conferences in one year. So I spoke for 50 times. Um, the goal was 100. Just getting out there. And then even before A-Round, when we had no money, I was going to every startup event that I could go to um, and speaking and presenting and getting known. Um, and when you're tired, don't skip that one event. There was one event that I went to where I got my first term sheet, which then led to my second term sheet. You've got to go to every single event. Uh, you've got to meet people. You can build people, you can employ people, and you can get you can get funding. Um, yeah, you know, little tricks that you do. For instance, well, before we start our roadshow to raise funding, seven days before we do PR Newswire, and we load up Baidu and Google with lots of media because the first thing investors do is search for you. So all these little techniques that you do. And I guess um, so. One is no secret. Two is uh, network. Get out there and go to every meeting you can. And third is our users. So we called up our users every day. We made our developers call our users understand their feedback uh, so we can make the product better so uh again people are sitting in a corner somewhere in an office or in a garage uh it ain't gonna happen that's where you can work from but you got to get it out there Mm. okay thank you so much marty and uh kevin hi i don't think there's there has too many things I can edit. Um, I think there are thousands of business out there, different business, right? So, um, but whatever, which business do you choose to start up? I think there's still some common rule you need to ask yourself. Like one, do you have a good direction? Core competencies, a team that's good. And do you have the suitable connections, which is like, the network. Do you have enough cash flow? That is one thing a lot of startup um, founder will ignore. And also taking consideration of the government policy and the international environment. That thing, that thing to be honest, is half based by luck. So um, like during the COVID, Lots of the good business here and other there failed. So it best you best when you prepared, then you start your business. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much, Kevin and uh, Jesse. Yes. Um, yeah, I think Martin and Kevin really said some very um, helpful. You know tips that I wish I had met them before I started the company. <laughs> so it should make me my, yeah, uh, yes. Okay, so um, 
Uh, I have to uh, add a few things that uh, I think number one rule is you really to think, uh, have to think it through whether you, 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 you want to start your own company or whether you're good at or whether you have something unique that uh, will make you um, um, successful. Um, I have a idea maybe not everyone agree with. Um, I don't think uh, everyone is suitable for uh, creating their own business. It's actually a very tough journey. Uh, you, you need to have some uh, skills or resources or backgrounds to, you know, today the world is different. It's not really easy to start, start your own business. Some people may not agree with me, but, but that's fine. That's my idea uh, or my view. And so if you uh, really want to start your um, uh, uh, own company, then, then that's the number one thing you have to think through. And uh, then number two is uh, what, what's your passion? Like Maggie said, whether you really have the passion to do it, because like I said, it's a very tough journey. You, you will have up and downs and most of the time you really have you know, the setbacks uh, you have to tackle and then, um, you know, um, that, that, that's something, the passion, that's something to carry you through um, and also your team to, to really uh, till the end. Um, and as number three, I think is uh, if you can connect your passion with something, uh, you know, upbeating, I mean, with a, with a more um, promising perspective, then it's uh, even better because uh, you want uh, to be in some, uh, uh, you know, uh, how to say, um, growing business or growing industry. You don't want to in something actually, you know, uh, Going, going, going down, and it's not uh, increasing. Uh, so, like uh, new energy or AI or something with uh, internet, then it's a great way uh, or great um, field to you know jump in. And yeah, so to wrap it up, uh, I think uh, you really have to think uh, think it through. Uh, it's not easy. It's not something you. Um, you want to do it and then you, you, you can't actually get it what you want. Uh, number two, then uh, really uh, have the passion. Uh, if you want to do it, don't turn it back. Uh, don't turn, turn back, just, just uh, go ahead. And number three is uh, if you can connect your passion with something you know, growing, then it's even better. It will make you, your, you, your business and your company growing faster. Um, and then for the practical tips that so you can you know, follow Martins and uh, Kevin's suggestion, I think they, they just uh, covered uh, pretty much um, everything I can see. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Jesse. Uh, and uh, I see someone has some questions in the Q&A sectors. So um, that's one from Lin Xiaobei. So for the initial stage of entrepreneurship, is it important to have contacts or resources um, I think Martin had mentioned resource before, so anyone could share more information about it. Martin, Jesse? Okay, yeah, I probably, probably. Oh, Martin, no, you, you go you first. Go, Jesse? No, you go, you go, you go. Oh, okay, okay, thanks, sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I just uh, jump in to answer this question. I think it's better. I think it's, I wouldn't say it's vital, but it's kind of important because that will save you lots of time and uh, uh, energy to, to start your company. If you have uh, nothing, then, then you, it's actually very time consuming and energy consuming to find your contacts and resources. If you can have an early you know, cornerstone investor or you have uh, some very unique technique uh, to attract uh, investors or you know basically you need people money and uh, that and, and the technology that that's all to 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 get a product right so all of these three things i think you you should have at least one of them uh if you have none of them then it would be very hard uh, and time is very you i mean the, the um yeah so time is very important at least in china uh, like martin said everything you just need to be quick you need just need to be uh, in front of everyone and to be louder than everyone. Uh, number one, pretty much takes everything. And uh, number two, just, you know, being forget, being forgotten. So 
Yeah, I think it's very important. I wouldn't say you, you won't be successful without them, but uh, it's really, really helpful. Okay, that's my uh, yeah, view. Yeah. I, I agree, Jesse. I, I just want to add a little bit of encouragement, I guess, Lynn, is that uh, there's no recipe for success. You can have resources, you can have contacts, or you can have nothing. And uh, if you have nothing, just recognize it, which I think is what Jesse says, and you have to work 10 times harder. Um, I didn't have a lot of, oh, I could be on, some things I can't share on this call, but there are some investors that didn't give me funding because I was a foreigner. As simple as that. So you have to work 10 times harder than the next person. So there are no excuses in life, I guess. Um, so doing a startup to solve one problem at a time and eventually you'll get to the moon. And if you don't, <laughs> you sink. Mm. Okay, thank you so much, Martin. So uh, now uh, I will hand it over back to Fiona. Hi, Fiona. Thank you. Sorry, that was um, just getting a bit of time to get my um, mute button off there. So thanks very much to all our panelists. That was amazing. And certainly, um, even though I'm not in the um, entre entrepreneur space myself, um, I certainly learned um, so much from each one of you, and I hope that all our panelists did too. Um, so I have just the pleasure to say once again, thank you very much to the panelists. Thank you to Amber for being um, our host and um, ably very able to manage the conversation. And we hope that, um, as we said earlier, we hope to be in China in 2023 to bring the network together but hopefully we might also be in contact with you about some opportunities to come together virtually before then. So thank you very much. And thanks to everyone, all the panelists and you, the um, attendees for taking the time out of your busy day to listen and learn from the wisdom of our graduates. Thank you. UWA's Global Networks and Alumni Ambassadors engage and support our community locally nationally and around the globe while creating sustainable lifelong connections to the university and to each other. If you'd like to learn more about the Alumni Ambassador Program and how you can support UWO's initiatives, visit the UWO Alumni website today.